Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Those laws, you know, those are up to the states. They have different laws from state to state. I don't think he should ever have the Constitution. President. But nonetheless, but that... There, there is a view of the Constitution in Article 14, Section 3, that he should not be uh, able to run for president. But that's not the point. The point now is um, that, again, different states have different laws. We don't think in California that it, it applied uh, in our state. That's what the decision was made here. But anyway, not to go into that because that's very intricate. What is very clear is that the American people want us to honor our oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. Without the truth, there's no light. Without light, there's no path from this darkness. If you really care about the lives lost here, you should honor the lives lost for a ceasefire in Palestine. Ceasefire! Ceasefire! That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. Nobody's ready for that. It is uh, great to be with you. Uh, Brett Winterbull Show, 704-570-1110. Good to be with you. So, uh, big announcement, and we're excited about this. Um, WBT will be uh, conducting a North Carolina District 8 GOP primary debate on Wednesday, January the 31st. All six candidates have been invited Two have uh, officially confirmed. Two more have indicated their intent to uh, to do so with the uh, North Carolina D8 chair, John Stewart, who's going to join us at uh, at three twenty this afternoon. The final two haven't been uh, heard from. We expect them all to uh, to show up. Uh, Alan Balcom, uh, John Bradford. Don Brown, Lee Brown, Mark Harris, Chris Maples. So uh, this is uh, this is going to be a big opportunity for you all to uh, to be a part of this. Uh, I, I imagine that we'll be uh, we'll be doing the uh, questioning and uh, getting information for uh, all of the audience, especially the folks who are uh, very, very uh, focused on District 8. And look, the entire country is going to be looking at the district, the entire country. This is one of those seats that. Uh, it, it's going to be 
uh, a, a ton of money that gets poured in. It's going to be a big fight that's going to take place. And uh, we want to see uh, how, how it is all going to play out. As I mentioned, uh, John Stewart's going to be joining me at 320 uh, this afternoon. The opening sound that you just heard was uh, Nancy Pelosi making absolutely no sense at all on uh, on the CNN, Chicken Noodle News. Uh, and, and she was uh, trying to explain why it is that she, you could keep uh, Trump off the ballot, but not really keep him off the ballot. California is not keeping him off the ballot. Just the wacko states are keeping him off the ballot. States where nobody lives like Maine, Colorado. And uh, they'll, they'll make a run for it in, in uh, I'm sure, other obscure not important environs. And that's really what it's going to come down to. Uh, there will be a hearing in front of the Supreme Court that's going to come up. Next month, uh, I expect the Supreme Court is going to run away from this uh, like somebody frying bacon with no shirt on. I mean, it is nothing but scalding and blistering if you're not careful. I think the Supreme Court is, is going to do the very minimum that they can to not upset the entire world. Because here's the thing. If they throw Trump off the ballot, accusing him of being an insurrectionist, which he's not, uh, he was not designated an insurrectionist, uh, he wasn't found guilty of insurrection, he wasn't tried for insurrection, he was acquitted by the Congress uh, after the, the riot that broke out there. Um, the, the, the reality of all of this is the only people that are insurrectionists were the Democrats who decided to secede from the union and ultimately killed Abraham Lincoln. Um, and that and that's a that's a statistical fact. The only insurrectionists are Confederates and Confederates that have been dead for 170 years. Uh, and, and that's what you have to understand, because they did not put in any mechanism. And remember, it was Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. Um, who could have designated Trump as an insurrectionist. Uh, they had control of the House and the Senate. They could have done it. They didn't do it. So um, they're going to use the absolute bare minimum out of that Supreme Court uh, to keep him on the ballot. If they didn't, uh, it, it could get ugly very quickly. When they talk about the death of the democracy, the democracy, when you say democracy, you have to drop your jaw and, and really feel it back in your glands there. You got to say, oh, the democracy. That's how the elites uh, talk about it. We are not a democracy. We are a constitutional republic that has democratic uh, styled things, meaning we have elections. We vote for representatives. But that's where the water stops. People that are telling you that you live in a democracy are trying to contend to you that 52 percent controls the 48 percent. And that's a straight up lie. That's not the case at all. Remember who the smallest minority is in the entire world. The smallest minority. You know who it is? It's the individual. The individual has to be protected. If you're going with the Democratic model, little d Democratic model, then you're going to be trying to make the contention that the 51 percent gets to control the 49 percent. Well, I wish you luck with that model. Uh, it's not going to work out well for you because historically that's not how this has has been uh, been conducted. But one of the Democratic institutions, little d, not the big D, not the secessionist group, the little d Democrats um, uh, are, are going to be getting together to hear these debates. And that's what's hugely important uh, about this entire process. So uh, you're going to want to stick around. We're going to have more information on this. We're very excited I can't wait to catch up with uh, with John Stewart. Um, he's also he's also got uh, uh, another 
uh, uh, important message that he's going to talk about as well. Um, he is uh, he, he is a uh, tremendous asset to this station, and I consider him a personal friend, so I always enjoy our conversation. <laughs> News Talk 1110-993 WBT. It is the Brett Whittable Show. Good to be with you. Happy to welcome to the program. Uh, he is one of my favorite people to talk to. John Stewart, a chair of uh, District 8. And also, by the way, he was just appointed chairman of the NCGOP Republican National Convention Delegate Selection Committee. Welcome, uh, welcome aboard. It's great to have you here, John. Hey, Happy New Year, Brett. Yes, you as well. So tell me about this debate that's coming up, uh, what you envision, uh, how, how excited you are. Give us, give us the lowdown on this. Well, I'm very excited that we were able to partner with uh, WBT to put this debate on. It's, uh, and, but let me just w- add one thing to what you said earlier. All six candidates have confirmed now. So they will all be there. Um, it's going to be at Wingate University, as you said, January 31st at 7:30, and you know I'm excited for it. I think um, you guys hosted one for back when we were the ninth district six years ago, and it was a great event. And I think the fact that all six of them quickly uh, uh, said they would come is a testament to uh, the respect that we all have for WBT. We know you guys. We'll put on a, a, a fair and a impartial debate. There'll be good questions, and uh, I'm, I'm excited. You know, uh, you know, the eighth district. Mm-hmm. You know, th- th- this uh, primary is going to determine the outcome. You know, right. the general elections is you know, pretty much foregone conclusion. Sure. So, you know, this is an important time for people to come out and see who their next Congress uh, person is going to be. Talk a little bit about, uh, you know, over, over the course of, of years, um, all eyes are on North Carolina and specifically this part of North Carolina. Um, the, the, the world is watching this very, very closely and each and every election cycle. Uh, you, you can't help but notice that that this is garnering national attention uh, in as much as any other places uh, around the country. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's definitely North Carolina is uh, one of the uh, big playmakers in the country now. Uh, you know, we're, we're, you know, one of the larger states. Uh, and, you know, on paper, you know, we, we would have to be called a purple state. Uh, there are more Democrats and, than, than unaffiliated than Republicans. Uh, but when it comes to the federal elections, uh, North, North Carolina is pretty solid red. And, uh, in fact, statewide, we have been doing pretty good for the last uh, decade. So, you know, people kind of say we're a swing state, but I think uh, the momentum's definitely on the Republican side going into 2024. And look, it's, it's, you have tremendous leadership inside the party uh, structure. There's a commitment to election integrity. There's a, uh, a commitment to everybody getting their vote counted, the whole, the whole thing. Um, that, that, that's that's in, in large part because of, of the leadership you have in the party, right? Yeah, you know, that was, uh, you know, we saw some things in 2020. Uh, North Carolina w- was pretty good, uh, but there were some things that, because of the COVID, that, you know, kind of raised some concerns. So um, the Chairman Watley and worked with the General Assembly to make sure that they tightened up some things. So, you know, we can uh, feel secure, uh, going, you know, that the elections are secure going in 2024. I don't think North Carolina uh, is going to be a problem like, say, Georgia or Pennsylvania was. When you when you talk to to constituents on the ground, people that are that are either uh, uh, supporting the party, leaning, curious about it, what have you, what 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 are the two or three biggest things that that folks are approaching you with uh, that are front of mind uh, for for this upcoming race? 
Well, you know, there, there's, uh, and they're all pretty much intertwined with each other. Mm-hmm. The economy's important, and the southern border, and the, and the fact that the southern border is so wide open affects the economy. You know, we've had over 8 million that we know of mm-hmm. come across the border in the last three years. That, in fact, you know, cities, uh, their budgets are getting busted trying to, you know, provide the um, welfare for them. Uh, but they're also taking jobs, and, and they're taking – they've got to live somewhere. That increases the pressure on the housing, and that raises everybody's costs. I mean, everything kind of can be pointed right back to, you know, day one when Biden was – uh, sworn in, the very first thing he did was uh, throw that wide, uh, border wide open. In fact, they welded some of the gates open so you can't <laughs> even shut them. <laughs> Which is just absolutely remarkable. Visiting with John Stewart, he he is the uh, the chair of the North Carolina uh, uh, D- District Eight GOP uh, primary debate that he's going to be uh, putting on. The organization's going to be putting on. This is going to be uh, on January the thirty first at Wingate uh, University. Uh, this is going to be a very exciting chance, especially up close and personal, getting everybody there on the stage um, who who are going to be able to go back and forth. And you have a very diverse group of people up there on the stage with a lot of different backgrounds, John. Oh, yeah, you know, we are very diverse, uh, and every single one of them would make a great congressman. That's the great part about it. It's, I mean, we have a very strong bench uh, going into this, uh, you know, I would I, w- I would be comfortable with any of them uh, representing us. And so we'll be we'll be uh, obviously announcing uh, how, how you're going to be able to get the free tickets to get out there and be part of this. Uh, this is going to be a very very exciting event. All the eyes of the country, I think, will be uh, will be on this. Uh, wh- where do people go to get more information, broadly speaking, about your party and and uh, where, where they can get more uh, more data? Well, uh, for the uh, party information, you can go to. Um, uh, let's see, nc.gop. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, dot com, anything, just nc.gop. And then you can search the, the different districts. Uh, that would pop up. And uh, more about the debate will be uh, on wbt.com. Right. <laughs> uh, you guys are handling most of the, um, yeah. uh, uh, you know, that part of it. But uh, yeah, you know, all this information, it's breaking news mm-hmm. today that we've announced it. So, you know, it's going to be getting pushed out on social media and, and through our emails and all that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it's going to be great. Yeah, this is going to be out. awesome. Absolutely. Come, you're going to want folks to come on out. Um, and and, and I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't congratulate you uh, on, on this spectacular beating of, of, the, uh, of the commanders yesterday. Well, thank you. That's uh, that, that's another uh, another whole topic. Uh, you know, I'm excited about that. It's going to be a great convention. Uh, we have uh, 74 delegates, 71 alternates, and 145 guests. Wow! So we're going to have 290 people in our delegation going into this convention. It's going to be phenomenal, phenomenal. We appreciate you coming by, John, and thank you so much for being here, buddy. It's always great talking to you, Brett. You got it. That's John Stewart. I'm Brett Witterbull. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. News Talk 1110-993 WPT. It is the Brett Whittable Show, 704-570-1110, taking your, uh, your phone calls. And we're always happy to uh, to chat with you. Let's talk to Tom first up. Hey, Tom, welcome to the program. 
Yes, thank you so much. Uh, I just wanted to say that you said Trump was not an insurrectionist. I beg to dif- differ with you 100%. Trump is definitely an insurrectionist, and not only is he an insurrectionist, but he uh, conspired with many people to tell those people to go down there mm-hmm. to the Capitol building and fight like hell, which created a total insurrection riders. Mm. And the second thing I want to say is that his top officials, top officials now, they told him to call the thing off, and he didn't call it off. He just sit there and let people actually get killed and hurt. And so um, he's just too reckless to ever become the president. I know he's leading in the polls, but he is absolutely too reckless Mm. to be a president of the United States. Thank you. Now, did did he murder anybody? He, he caused some people to get murdered. Yes, he's convicted. no, but but, but I mean, uh, did he did he get convicted of say murder? Did he get convicted? Yeah. In American people's mind, he might not be the court of law. No, right? No, 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 no. I mean, it's, it's a, let, being let an finish. insurrectionist, let right? Let me finish. The people look at him as an, as an insurrectionist. I, I don't I don't know what what the people look at him as, but I can tell you under eighteen U.S. Code twenty three eighty three, which is the rebellion or insurrection federal law. Okay. Whoever incites, sets on foot, assists or engages in any rebellion or insurrection against the authority of the United States or the laws thereof or gives aid or comfort thereto shall be fined under this title or imprisoned for not more than 10 years or both and shall be incapable of holding any office under the United States. That's that's the actual. That's exactly exactly what's going to happen to him before this. Uh, okay. Uh, well, fine. That's fine. But let, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Before this dog and pony show is over, mm. he he's gonna wish that he had not ran. And if he does run, he will be the laughing stock of America when he gets beat by whoever. That's oh, what I'm saying. Oh, okay. But he's not been convicted under the statute. As of yet, we'll see how. But he has. But he has. I'm saying. But he hasn't been convicted of the uh, under the statute. So he's at. He is not an insurrectionist because he hasn't he been convicted. He, he, well, if we're going to use the law, that's good. Well, that's it. No, no, that, wait, wait. What else are we supposed to use? Are we supposed to use like a a a, a posse that pulls him out of the house and just shoots him no, on the street? No, what like, what are we supposed to, supposed to do? What we're supposed to use is good common sense. We're going to go by the law now. I'm, well, I'm going by the law. So, so has let, he been let, convicted? Let me finish. Let, no, it's a, it's a question. I let, listen let to you. I'm, we, I'm listening to you. Let, let me say this. We can sing together, but we can't talk together. Now, we can sing together, but here's the deal. On that day of January the 6th, we saw exactly, not mm-hmm. quarter, not, mm-hmm. we saw exactly what he did. Him and his stupid Rudy Giuliani man talking about trial by fire and all that. Man, that's what okay. America... Okay, I understand what was said. I get what was said. I, I understand what was said. But he hasn't been convicted. He, he okay. Has he been convicted? As a fact, has he been convicted? Okay, listen. No, no, it's, just, it's a yes or a no. I mean, honestly, it's a yes. Okay, I'll, I'll make it easier for you, okay? I'll make yeah, it easier make, for make, you. I'll make, yeah. it, I'll make it super easy for you. Has he been charged with this? His charge is going to come. No, 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 no. Has he been charged? Has he been charged? He's his charge. Let me finish his charge. I think you're pro. I think you're profiling Donald Trump. Yeah, I guess I am. Yeah. Well, then, well, then, then you're not a very fair jurist. I mean, if you were on a jury, they'd have to they'd have to send you out because you don't have an open mind. You think he's already been convicted. He hasn't been convicted. Going by what we saw. Okay, what you saw, what you saw. Okay, is that a standard? 
Is that a standard that rises to the point of? I don't a, think hearsay is, is a good thing in court. What, 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 what do you mean hearsay? You, you're saying you saw yeah. this. You're saying you saw this. We saw it on TV. We you saw did. Him but was he charged? Did they bring a charge against him for you're going, it? You're flipping, you're flipping the script. I'm on not flipping the script. I'm, I'm asking a question. It's just a question. Okay, we're, we're not getting anywhere. I'm saying, let me let me wrap this up because I, I see where, you, where you're trying to go with this technicality. But let, let, uh, and, technicality? And hold on. It's a, it's a due process question. It's not te- well, if, when, if they said I, that, if, hold on, hold on. Tom, if, if Steve came over to me and said, I think Tom stole a car, I'm not going to I'm not going to believe him. I'm not going to believe him that you stole a car unless no, I got I, evidence. Right. Oh, I, pr- I appreciate that. You're a good man. But but if he saw it and he, he if he saw you steal his- a car, then you just go right to jail. You don't get a trial. No, no, no. Here's the deal. When when the proper time comes, and I just told you, it's what, coming. What's the proper time? This sounds ominous. Like somebody is going to be on the roof of a building with a rifle. Like what? What are we talking about? The time comes. Okay, here's what we're talking about. And I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let you go. Yeah. And you, and you, you, I don't blame. I'll hang my linchpin right where you're holding yours. Here's what's what's going to happen when they kick him off the ballot. Mm. Because he was an insurrection. They'll have to do it on all fifty st- states. But go ahead. Yes. Okay. Okay. Then, if he doesn't get kicked off the ballot, mm-hmm. the good judgment and the good sense of the American people would mm-hmm. know that we can't keep this man as, as, as a president of the United no, States. No, very possible. Have a, have a good one. Have very, a good po- one. Okay. very possible. Very possible. You know what? That was that, that was an okay. Honestly, Tom, I'm giving you seventy five percent. It's a it's a passing grade, but I know you can do better than that. I know you can do better than that. I'm going to help elevate you. I'm going to elevate your game uh, because that's what I need to do. I, I'm, I'm a teacher. I'm an instructor. I'm a debater. And I can make your case better than you just made your case, and I'll do it. Keep listening. You'll enjoy it. I'm really nice. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. See, what happens is you get charged, right? You go in front of a grand jury and they issue an indictment for insurrection uh, on you. Uh, they do it on you and they do it to you. And that's that's what has to happen. You can't just say, I hate this person. We're going to put him in jail. Like, I'm not sitting here saying, just take Hunter Biden and stick him in jail someplace. OK, you can't just do that. You have to actually have evidence. You have to have a trial. You have to do all this stuff. And once again, you've got people who are trying to shortcut the whole process. I want due process for everybody, including people that I don't like, because I understand that at some point you can be on the wrong side of, of, of a charge and you have the presumption of innocence. And that's what I'm, I mean, if you hate Donald Trump, that's totally your prerogative. I'm not going to stop you from trying to hate him, whatever it is. But if you want to put him in jail, you actually have to indict him specifically on insurrection charges. Like there, you can make the charges. You can try to make the charges. But I mean, what are we doing there have been a thousand arrests made in connection with the, quote, insurrection, according to Forbes magazine. How many were convicted of sedition? How many people were convicted of sedition? Like sedition is a specific charge. Insurrection is a specific charge. Like if you were going to ask me, what's an example of an insurrection? I'll give you an example of an insurrection. and It can go two different ways. You could argue that that Waco and David Koresh were insurrecting. 
I don't think, I mean, they killed everybody in the compound by burning it down. But you know what would really look like an insurrection or would really look like a sedition charge? What McVeigh did, not Sean McVeigh, Tim McVeigh at the Oklahoma City bombing. Right. That I could. That's like that's blowing up a federal building or trying to burn down the federal building in Portland. Man, you'd had it. You had a lot of opportunity to bring sedition charges and insurrection charges against the 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 the, the, the crazy white Antifa people uh, in Portland. So so white, so lily white. They were positively translucent. You should have gone in there and put the cuffs on them. But you didn't want to do it because you probably couldn't get the conviction in a place like Portland. Barry, welcome to the show. Hello. Hello, Barry. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Great, great. I was listening to your earlier caller, um, and I wish I had a, I wish I could substantiate what I'm about to tell you. Um, I know a lady that was in D.C. at the so-called insurrection. Um, I don't have permission to use her name. Okay. But what she told me she saw up there until all that went down was a pretty uh, pretty festive, pretty relaxed atmosphere mm-hmm. in, a, in a good cross-section of the country. Citizens and residents, there's a difference um, from all over the country, all walks of life, men, women, every race, every sexual orientation, whatever you can think of. Mm-hmm. And everybody was just kind of like chilling. And then... At a certain time, people noticed um, they couldn't connect to the Facebook servers. They couldn't connect to the TikTok servers. They Mm -hmm. couldn't put out any phone calls. Mm -hmm. And then white buses came up. I'm not sure the number of the buses. White buses came up, and someone inside the gates opened the gates Mm -hmm. and let these white buses drive through. Then when the white buses were in the gates, I don't know if the gates were closed or not, Mm -hmm. the people disembarked from the buses, and that's when all the trouble started. Well, that that, that tracks with uh, a couple of comments that were made by a a congressman out of Louisiana, et cetera. But here's the thing. Again, if you want to use an insurrection charge, you've got to actually bring an insurrection charge against somebody. You know, I mean, that's that's the thing. I mean, this is what we're talking about here. Uh, Jim, welcome to the program, Jim. Yeah, boy, if you could just charge people, no matter what you wanted to, mm-hmm. and punish them mm-hmm. uh, without any due process or legal standards, then uh, some, I would have had my head cut off in the middle of the intersection with a guillotine a long time ago. Boy, I'm telling you. Wow, that's crazy. Okay, let's go to uh, Tim next. Tim, welcome to the show. Tim? Tim? Yes, hello. Yes, Tim, what's on your mind? Yes, first time caller. Uh, Thanks for calling. Yes, sir. I was just, uh, I know this is probably nothing original, but um, I think going back, talking about the Russian collusion and uh, Hillary, all the uh, stuff on the servers, mm-hmm. um, and then this coming time with potential uh, ballot harvesting or whatever, but they, um, seemingly that Biden was a winner. Um, if I'm a winner, then I feel like I can beat you again. So why would I put all my resources and all my things into one pot just to take out one man that I already beat, supposedly? Yeah, I look, that's um, that's a that's that's certainly an important take that people that people have in that regard. But every just like every football game, baseball game, uh, hockey game, basketball game, 
Uh, the world of politics is about the matchup. How does the matchup look? What does it look like? How do you do this? What are we doing? Um, that's what it comes down to. It's, it's, it's about who's matching up against who. So you're going to have Joe Biden and Kamala Harris very likely taking on uh, Donald Trump and TBD, unless Nikki Haley gets uh, gets a huge blast of momentum or Vivek Ramaswamy or Ron DeSantis or uh, Chris Christie. I mean, you know, this is what you kind of got going on out there. You've got to wait till you get to the election where you cast your votes. We got plenty more straight ahead. Don't go anywhere. It's a very fast hour. We've got an even faster hour straight ahead. 704-570-1110. News Talk 1110 993 WBT. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. News Talk 1110-993 WBT. It is the Brett Waterville Show, 704-570-1110. It is good to be with you. And uh, in case you hadn't heard, we've got a great debate coming up. We're going to be conducting, WBT is going to be conducting alongside the uh, North Carolina District 8 Republican primary debate on Wednesday, January the 31st at Wingate. It's going to be a, uh, a great opportunity for you to hear from the candidates, Alan Balcom, John Bradford, Don Brown, Lee Brown, Mark Harris, and Chris Maples. It is going to be an awesome time. Uh, we will be uh, uh, giving out free tickets uh, as time gets closer and closer. So certainly, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we'd love to see you there. All of the uh, personalities will be kind of spending time with these candidates, asking questions, checking things out. It's going to be great. And uh, it's a great opportunity to participate uh, up close and personal uh, at this most important time of the year when you get to these campaigns. So certainly, please uh, feel more than free to come on out and hang out with us. Uh, we are looking forward to it. Again, that's going to be at Wingate, and that is going to be on January the 31st. Uh, it's a Wednesday. We'll be, um, we'll be getting more details as they become available. You know, a lot of people worry that um, a- a- aliens, not space aliens, but aliens into the country, are not assimilating. I've got an optimistic view on this because I was watching over the weekend— Uh, One of the things that I thought was fascinating was watching the looting of the big box stores in New York City. In in New York City, uh, you had these people looting sunglasses, like $200, $300 sunglasses. Now, they tell you all the time that migrants do not assimilate well. They have assimilated. They have become Americans because they are out there looting just like regular Americans are looting uh, stuff. They're they're out there stealing just like uh, regular uh, Americans. You know, born here, immigrated here. I mean, that's really an awesome thing. Lloyd Austin, what do we make of this, ladies and gentlemen? The first secretary of defense to ghost the president. Uh, He disappeared like a couple of weeks ago, went to the hospital. We don't know what he went to the hospital for. His uh, his next person up subordinate, subordinate, uh, 
was on vacation in Puerto Rico. Now, it's important to understand the SecDef, that's a technical term, Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, uh, went into the hospital and had some sort of a procedure done. Now, HIPAA laws will not allow us to talk about it. But we can talk about it, generally speaking. I mean, he has a right to his privacy um, and, and all of that sort of stuff. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. At what point did Joe Biden realize that his secretary of defense was just MIA? I mean, can you I, I can kind of imagine it. I can kind of imagine the phone call. Uh, Lloyd, so Joe, Joe Biden, uh, the president of the United States, Joe Biden, uh, been trying to reach out to you. Wanted to run some ideas by you about Hamas and Hezbo's. Uh, wanted to wanted also, you know, just kind of catch up and kick it a little bit. Uh, I miss you, man. Call me. Call me. And then he like hangs up. But you know what he does? He does that hang up where the receiver doesn't really hang up all the way. And so then you hear Jill come in and she's like, who are you talking to on the phone? Uh, Lloyd. Lloyd who? Lloyd Austin. The secretary of defense. What do you need him for? Are you declaring war on somebody? Do I have to do I have to get Hunter in here to straighten you out? And then like the line goes dead. You know, and then he just the the secretary of defense just kind of ghosted the president. He just said, I'm going to go to the hospital, get some get some treatment done. I don't know what he was getting done. I I don't know. Uh, He's you know, he's an older man. He's a fairly large man. Um, maybe lipo could, could be lipo could be tummy tucking. Uh, what else could it be? Could be you get your eyes done, you know, maybe a nose job. Uh, maybe uh, it could be anything. It could be, anything. Be, you know, I woke up, I got, I, it turns out, you know, I, I slipped in the kitchen and I, I got, I messed up my meniscus. You know, I got the ACL, the MCL, you know, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what 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 happened, but apparently he went home. I'm not making fun of the guy, but apparently he went home and then he had to go back to the hospital because something didn't go right. I could I mean, it could be it could look it could be a prostate. It could be a prostate thing. It could be. I mean, he's an older guy. It could be prostate. What else an older guy uh, get? Uh, I don't know. I'm not an old guy. I'll, I'll, I'll report back to you when I am his age. Okay, so let's go ahead and pin that up on the board for me. All right, you got that in the Google Calendar for for 2046. I'll be able to report back at that stage of of, of the game. Um, I just, I just, I'm just thinking like the last time he makes the call to Lloyd Austin, that where he's going, Lloyd, it's me again. Haven't heard from you in a while. Are you mad at me? Are you mad at me because of how I did the Afghanistan pullout? Is, are you? Are you Shouldn't be mad at me for that. That was a long time ago. That was like uh, last year. Uh, call me. Hit me back. Hit me back. Hit me on the telegram. Hit me on the telegram. Okay. Send me some. Send me those party photos. I'm curious. I'm curious. Monique, welcome to the program. What's on your mind, Monique? Hello. Um, I just wanted to chime in about uh, January 6th. Uh-huh. I was there. I was a resident of New York State at the time. I currently live in South Carolina. Um, I'm just, like, really angry because unless you were there, you really don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. I do want to echo what the other caller said about his friend. It was so peaceful. And he's 100% right. Red, yellow, black, white, every walk of life was there. It was so peaceful. 
I helped coordinate a caravan from Michigan to the Ellipse. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we got there halfway through the speech. We didn't even leave. All of my photos are time-stamped. And then, all of a sudden, no signal. Then, all of a sudden, um, the SWAT team is coming in. Mm -hmm. I'm time-stamped, shaking Vernon Jones' hand. Mm -hmm. We get back to our hotel. We're locked down. It was the freakiest thing I've ever experienced in my whole life. And if it wasn't coordinated, did you get did you get uh, questioned by the authorities or anything like that? Um, oh, yes, we had a hotel room in Alexandria, Virginia. Mm-hmm. We pulled into the parking lot. We got one of the last takeout orders because there was hardly any food. Thank you to the people who got the food trucks. You know who you are. Thank you for the people for the porta potties. Mm. You know who you are because we had nothing. Wow! As soon as we got our food, they locked us in our hotel room. Wow! Um, we're cigarette smokers, so we went out to have a cigarette. And if we were within three foot of somebody else talking for more than three minutes. Mm-hmm. The police came and said, you need to go back inside. Wow. Wow. So was this the feds or was this the local police? Um, It was local police. Mm, Interesting. But it was everywhere. I had a friend who was staying in a hotel downtown. Mm -hmm. Um, They actually were locked and there was a bar on the door Mm -hmm. and they couldn't get food. Wow. That's that's look, that's a terrible that's a terrible reality. Um, but you know what? You're putting the word out, and it's very interesting to me. WBT, it is the Brett Witterbull Show, 704-570-1110. I, I've, got, I've got two pieces of sound that you have got to hear. You have to hear this to believe this. I couldn't believe. I saw this on television, and I did like a triple take when I heard this. Everybody put your ears on. You're going to want to hear this. This is going to be cut number four. Chris Wallace on CNN talking about how the Biden team wants to target Trump. Listen to the phrase that Chris Wallace uses. Go. The Biden campaign hoping the speeches and new ads draw a starker contrast with Trump. Aides telling CNN Biden may go full Hitler, directly comparing Trump's rhetoric to the Nazi leader. They're poisoning the blood of our country. That's what they've done. Lulu, is is Biden smart to go this hard at Trump to go, quote, full Hitler? Full Hitler. He's going to go full Hitler. Jonah Goldberg. Now, Jonah Goldberg is one of these establishment conservatives. Okay, he's he he is not in love with MAGA. He is not in love with any of that. Uh, But he does issue a warning on the possibility of the White House going, quote, full Hitler on Donald Trump, cut five. It's a tactical question to me. It's just a matter of politics. I would have his surrogates doing that now. Um, There's a real problem of, or there's a real potential of this all just sort of becoming background noise and there's no shock value to it by the time you get to the general election. Um, And so it's... It's going to be dismissed by a lot of people on the right pretty early because argumentum ad Hitlerum is an old tactic of the left. And um, even if it has more salience now, uh, but I just feel like it's a little early to come out of the box like this. I mean, why are you 
the invocation of Hitler, it's it's unlike anything else. Like, nobody says full Stalin, full Mao. We're going to go full Mao. We're going to go full Stalin. We're going to build camps and in turn the uh, the people who would vote for Donald Trump we're not they but they were they're comfortable throwing hitler around like the hitler thing okay hitler was a uniquely evil person who incinerated 6 million people and gassed 6 million people okay the, the, no american president is equivalent to adolf hitler it's just it's not the case it's factually incorrect and if you were going to do it, if you were going to say, OK, who was a genocidal president? Uh, you could say Andy Jackson, Andy Jackson, the Trail of Tears. Uh, you could make that argument if you wanted to try to make that argument as a genocidal president. But even that's a, a, a stretch. Either that's a, that, that that is just a complete stretch. Now, Elise Stefanik from New York State was making the rounds yesterday. Uh, she appeared on Deface the Nation. And uh, cut number seven, she actually tries to do a cleanup on Trump's comment about the poisoning uh, of our uh, of, of our people uh, in this country. Cut number seven. ISIS is poisoning Americans through fentanyl. It is poisoning people, including in my district, who are dying from overdoses of fentanyl. And you know why? Because of Joe Biden's wide open border, that executive actions he took on day one. So yes, I stand by President Trump. And President Trump also and has words? the and yes, and words? the strong he has the strongest record when it comes to supporting the Jewish people and supporting the state of Israel. Whether you look at the historic Abraham Accords or whether you look at the ability for Jewish students to uh, sue and stand up for equal treatment at schools under the Title VI executive order that President Trump put into place. Now, again, the, the issue that, that is sitting here at hand is whether or not your strategy should be to go, quote, full Hitler. Like, we're going to go full Hitler. Now, what's crazy, what's crazy about that phrase is the different ways that that can be construed. If you're going to go full Hitler... And, and it's the Biden White House saying this that may stoke some of the fears, uh, some of the paranoids out there. Uh, we're going to go full Hitler. Uh, yeah, you probably should just stay away from that. Now, come out with ideas like here's here's a trick. If you want to get elected and this is something that I, I thought up myself, uh, honestly, I've never shared this with anybody. Um, it's a good idea to have an idea of what you want to do. Like offering up the full Hitler, that doesn't get anybody uh, inflation relief. Uh, the full Hitler doesn't cut your taxes. The full Hitler uh, doesn't do any, uh, doesn't get any more money in your pocket, doesn't get you at a safer neighborhood. Hey, what do you say? We're going to go for the full Hitler. No, it's, it's unfortunate that since really about 1968 uh the republicans have been labeled as hitler nixon was hitler uh jerry ford was never hitler he, he wasn't hitlerian in any way shape or form reagan was called hitler uh th then of course you had uh bush who was hitler and then bush uh, bush's son he was also hitler donald trump is hitler uh, there's a lot of hitler there's a lot of hitler i i don't understand what the what the prescription is here uh, i would say stick to issues that people care about but maybe in your circles you really care about the hitlerian endorsement <music> news talk 1110 99.3 wbt hey don't forget we've got a uh, a debate coming up 
and it's going to be an awesome debate. It's going to be us alongside uh, the great folks over at North Carolina District 8. January 31st at Wingate. It's going to be an amazing debate. All the folks that are running for the uh, position of uh, Congressman uh, Alan Backham, John Bradford, Don Brown, Lee Brown, Mark Harris, Chris Maples, uh, they're all going to be on the stage, and we're looking forward to uh, having you as well with the great WBT uh, staff who are going to be able to ask a whole bunch of questions, and uh, you'll get to learn a lot about the issues that matter most to you. So uh, stay tuned for uh, an opportunity to get tickets. They will be free, and uh, we're certainly looking forward to it in a big, big way. Okay, I, I know you got concerned last year when we talked about how Joe Biden wanted to take your uh, hot water heaters. Uh, what else did they want to take? They wanted to take your stove, your gas stove needed to go, um, uh, your your hot water systems, all that sort of stuff. I, I know you were worried about that, but you have to understand we are on the brink of death. We are on the brink of, of being dead uh, as a result of the climate change. We know this. We've heard this. It's why everybody has to buy an electric car, because the climate the climate is a, is a hugely important issue. Um, now, I don't know if any of you enjoy house plants, but if you were reading the Washington Post in the last few days, you're probably a lot more alarmed than you were in the past. Did you know that indoor house plants come with a cost to the planet? Nicholas Rivero, writing over at the Washington Compost, uh, there are plenty of benefits to raising indoor house plants. They beautify your home or office, and they have been correlated with lower levels of stress and anxiety. And they may slightly improve air quality. But ironically, greening indoor spaces can come at an environmental cost. The trucks the trucks that transport plants spew carbon emissions, plastic pots. You're dealing with potentially murdering the climate. Synthetic fertilizers made from petroleum and the harvesting of soil components like peat, not calendar, can tear, can tear, tear up slow forming habitats. All for your inside plant. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't grow potted plants. According to Susan Pell, the director of the U.S. Botanic Garden in Washington, D.C. But she has a few tips for minimizing environmental harm with your indoor gardening. That's what she's going to do. She's going to help you. Every little thing we do adds up collectively. So if... Uh, all of us are doing these things. The collective impact is quite large. The mindful act of trying to be a more sustainable in one area of your life helps you be mindful in other areas. But you should first of all start by finding plants locally. Before you order a trendy plant that you spotted in an Instagram or even a, uh, you took a trip to a local nursery... Take a moment to think about where those plants come from. Mm. The plants are oppressed. They're, they're forced into existence. And they're not carbon neutral. A lot of major nursery suppliers are located in 
Florida, or perhaps California. Depending on where you live, that can be a long way for a plant to travel in the back of a truck and a lot of carbon emitted along the way. To save some money and carbon emissions, you should look for local plant swaps or garden clubs in your area, which are often organized online or on social media sites. Hold on. I'm not some kind of a weirdo freako, but I ain't doing any swapping based on organized online social media sites. I ain't swapping with people I don't know. Maybe they're giving me a plant that I don't want in my house. Maybe you want to give me the wacky weed. I don't know if I'm good with that, ladies and gentlemen. What if you're going to give me a rubber plant? I don't know that I can have that. I don't know if I can have that. Perhaps you're going to give me a ficus. Perhaps you're going to give me holly. Well, it seems like it'd be a voluntary plant swap. So I don't, don't know. I'm not interested in this. I'm not. Nobody should be swapping plants. This is how you get COVID. This is how you get COVID and the coronavirus. You swap plants with people that you meet online. That is not acceptable. I this is. I want this banned. This is. You know what happens? These people all get together after hours, after they've been out drinking and smoking. Who knows what? Then they go and they meet up in these houses where the, all the plants are on display. I don't like that. You've got house music going. You've got plants a-sprouting and people doing who knows what There'll with be no what sprouting. you need. No sprouting. I don't need people fertilizing the plants there in the house. That's not right. I'll get my own plants. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send away for mail-order seeds. I'm going to grow my own plants. Wholesome plants. Good plants. Plants like green beans. This is my green bean. Aloe. Aloe is nice. And perhaps rye, barley, what have you, so that we can take the edge off in a few years. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to these social media swapping sites. You guys want to swap your plants? That's your business. But you know what? That's how Rome fell. I was there a few weeks ago. That's how Rome fell. We don't need this. Plant your own seed in the privacy of your own house. We don't need plant swapping. News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT. All right, so the uh, plant thing. Uh, I feel like we, uh, we, we've, we've covered uh, all the corners of the plant story. Uh, I don't want to make you mad. One of my things that I always try to do is not to send you home uh, angry through the front door, but I got to share this with you because this is a factual thing, actually, okay? Janet Yellen, who is your Secretary of the Treasury, remember she was famously um, basically dosed uh, with some weird mushrooms when she went to China, and she talked about that. Um, Yellen does not want to extend the Trump tax cuts. So the one thing that has kept this economy popping, Joe Biden has not been able to to murder the economy. Uh, He wanted to raise taxes through the roof. He wanted to have open borders. He wanted to pay for everybody's free stuff. You know, he he forgave. And and I want to I want to congratulate you as American people here. He forgave one hundred and thirty two billion dollars in student loan debt. And you people who didn't go to college or you people who paid your 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 loans off, God love you, because you, you just went and carried the freight for all the young people who didn't want to pay their loans back. 
And so you did that. You, through Joe Biden's good graces, he, he, he kicked $132 billion out of the Treasury into the hands of these people. And it's ironic because um, these are people who are complaining that they can't buy a house. Well, you can't buy a house because of inflation. And you've got a high interest rate, almost 8% if you wanted to buy a house. And so Janet Yellen is looking to just cut the throat of the economy in a second Biden term. You better you better think long and hard about whether or not you want to go down this road. If Donald Trump returns to the office of the presidency, he intends to make the individual tax cuts from the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act permanent and to keep corporate tax levels unchanged, according to people familiar with the matter. To extend all of the things in the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that is set to expire without finding any new revenue sources to cover everything that's left would be a serious concern, Janet Yellen told reporters in Vienna, Virginia. Yellen also deflected a question on whether or not she now supports seizing Russian assets and using them to rebuild Ukraine. G7 leaders have asked that options be developed and that the matter be studied uh, to allow them to just confiscate money from from banks that were connected to the Russian regime and then take that money and just give it to uh, Zelensky and I don't know, maybe Burisma, who knows. Um, But here's the story that's important here. Okay, the Trump tax cuts are emerging as a hot button issue for the 2024 presidential election. Can you imagine? I mean, in all seriousness, can you imagine if your taxes went up in addition to the inflation that Bidenomics has created? Holy cow. Holy cow. You would be in really rough terrain. We're talking um, we're, we're talking Jimmy Carter, 19, 1980, 79, 1980. You're talking about Jimmy Carter type economics. I mean, it was a terrible time to be a kid where parents were upset at 13 and 15 and 16 percent interest rates. Uh, I mean, it was just horrible. Um, If if you want this economy to continue to pop, uh, to continue to grow, you you would have it in your best interest to uh, want those tax cuts extended because. The way you have to think about tax cuts not being extended, and and trust me, they're still going to send all that money to everybody, every Tom, Dick, and Harry you can imagine. Uh, They're going to bail out everybody's student loans, and all the social justice stuff is still going to continue. But but if you if you want to be able to to keep more of your money, you you need to vote for that sort of a policy, I think, because otherwise, right? How would you like to have your taxes go up fifteen, twenty percent? That may be the case. That may be the case. Exxon Mobil's write down of two and a half billion dollars of troubled California properties aims to end five decades of offshore oil production in the state of California. But it's very hard for them to be able to leave. California will not let the uh, Exxon Mobil company uh, get out without taking a big hunk out of their back end. I mean, this is really quite something. Exxon. is is working with a company called uh, Sable Offshore, a company created in 2020. They agreed more than a year ago to pay $643 million for Exxon's Santa Inez oil and gas operation off the coast of Santa Barbara. The pending sale triggered the write-down of the property's book value in Exxon's fourth-quarter earnings. 
Exxon will loan Sable most of the money just to get out of these three offshore oil production platforms, a pipeline, and an onshore processing facility under the 2022 agreement. But the deal has twice been delayed to give Sable's parent company time to complete a merger, and the size of the write-down has grown. So this is one of these things where uh, perhaps you've been to a Grateful Dead concert once upon a time in your life, and there is the desperate man standing just outside with the finger, but, but more importantly, yelling out, who's got my miracle? This sheet, just take it off my hands. I've been holding it all day. I'm out of my mind. This guy is sleeping up in a tree. Just take the merch from us. Okay, take the merch from us. That's Exxon. Exxon is like, just take it from us. We are tripping so bad right now. We don't know where we are. Here you go. Take it. Take it all. We can't hold it anymore. We're going to lose our minds. We're going to suddenly be Sid from Pink Floyd. You can't do that. 704-570-1110. Coming up, in case you didn't know what any of that meant, Bo Thompson's going to explain it to you. 704-570-1110. News Talk 1110. 99.3 Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. News Talk 1110 99.3 WBT. It is the Brent Winterbull Show. Good to be with you. And we welcome back to the program one of my all-time favorite people, Bo Thompson, joining us. Hello, Bo Thompson. How are you? Hey, back at you. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I a question for you. Um, are you excited about the college game tonight? Because it feels to me like it's kind of fallen into the into the ether a little bit. I, I, I don't know why, but it just feels that way to me. I'm always more excited about the, uh, the semifinals than I am the finals. Yeah, me too. Um, I think part of it is because just uh, – Personally, I never really get to see the end of the game. Right. You know, uh, I, I got to go to bed so I can get up and uh, I'll, I'll see the highlights about three in the morning, but uh, I, I don't get to watch it. Uh, the, the, the semifinals, uh, especially when they're on New Year's Eve for some reason, I like it even better. But I love the, I love the format uh, that they have right now, and I'm even more excited about the 12th team format next season. Uh, I do think, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. It seems like there's a Maybe there's not, but it just seems that way when the game's on New Year's Eve versus New Year's Day. But the gap between the national championship yes. and the um, and the, uh, the semifinal round seems shorter this year. And um, I don't know. I like that part of it, but I, I, I definitely am in the category of not as jazzed about tonight as I was uh, the, the, the two games on New Year's Day. It, it, you know what? It, it's interesting because if you look at the way the CFP is going to be played next year, the thing that's freaky about this is um, the national championship will be uh, January 20th. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's like three weeks longer than what we've. I mean, th- think about like all those games starting in like December nineteenth, and then it goes all the way to January twentieth. Like that's a month of playoffs. Well, what they really ought to do, and I, and the NFL now that they've added uh, a week, mm-hmm. you know, and they've they've made the playoffs longer, or at least at least uh, they, there are more teams in the playoffs. But they've they've added a, a week to the regular season, so it pushes the Super Bowl almost to mid February. Yes, uh, you know what what would have been great is is to put the college football national championship on that Sunday. That's the lull between the two weeks of Super Bowl buildup because oh, to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, two weeks of build-up to the Super Bowl is always uh, way too and, much. And, the, and don't tell me that the Pro Bowl is is uh, suffice suffices there because no. I can't stand the Pro Bowl, especially what it's become now. But you know, wh- why not put the why not go back to the old schedule and, and put the, the 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 college football national championship there in that that midweek? That that it's not a bad idea. That? Not a bad look. I can't. I can't hate that idea. I mean, that's. I to just. Yeah. It's. Could you think like these guys are starting in j- late July and early August, and then you're going all the way to. To January twentieth. I mean that, or February sixth. You know, whatever it is. I. Th- th- this is this is really quite something. Um, well, and I was also looking at it uh, from the reverse side of of how early. The playoff games would start, and um, you know it means you're going to have college football uh, before Christmas. You know, right after after uh, uh, Thanksgiving weekend, and then mm-hmm. you know before Christmas, it'll start. Now, obviously, it has to to get all the games in. Um, I, I originally thought it was going to be all December long, but it's not going to take as long as I thought it would. But still, I mean, uh, yep. you know, instead of having the, the, the payoff to the college football season, you know, New Year's and the week after, you're going to have, you know, several weeks of that now. So I'm looking forward to to how that's all going to play out. Um, you know, it's give me give me all the football I can handle and make, make more bowl games mean something. That's it's a huge point. By the way, I would get rid of the Pro Bowl to- totally, like just scrap it entirely, and I would have the two losers of the conferences um, play each other as the undercard. In that dead week, uh, you know, works for me. Yeah, I, I, I mean, agree. I think the Pro Bowl, as big as the NFL is, yeah, uh, it, it's kind Boring. of amazing that uh, yep. the behemoth can't figure out its All Star game. Because I'm not saying that any of the All Star games are perfect, but I'm a whole lot more interested in the baseball oh, yeah. and, the, and the NBA oh, yeah. than I am football. Yeah, and when yeah. you look at the the ratings. Uh, for the NFL versus those other two, it's not even close. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Uh, tell me uh, about the dysfunction of the Panthers and the firing of Scott Fitterer today. Um, h- how do you think this thing plays out in the uh, in, in the near and medium term? Well, I mean, uh, tonight's national championship is, is one domino, right? What happens with Harbaugh? Because I think the two names that are the biggest profile names that are presumably, uh, possibly, I shouldn't say presumably, but possibly going to be uh, on the open market would be Harbaugh and Bill Belichick. Right uh, now, it's possible that both stay where they are, but uh, Belichick's got to figure out things there in New England, and there are a lot of people that think that he may find his way to to, to L.A. Chargers, or you know, uh, it, it's hard to believe that either one of them would say that Carolina would be the number one place that they would want to go, 
But by the same token, you know, you do have Bryce Young that you can develop around. Bill Belichick's given the keys to everything, which I think you'd have to give him if he came here. But, you know, as much as much maligned as David Tepper is right now, and, and I saw an article today, again, saying that now he's, he's the worst owner. He's taken over the mantle of the worst <laughs> owner in the league. But uh, I, I still think uh, you can't discount the fact that he's got plenty of money to throw at somebody, and, and that can... That can blur a lot of the the drawbacks if the numbers are have enough zeros beside them. Can you imagine the conversation? What what the conversation would sound like just in terms of the personalities? If if you had Tepper uh, talking to Belichick, because like Tepper would be yelling at him, you know, like hey, we need to do this, we need that, and Belichick, be, yeah, we'll, we'll see what's going to happen. Yeah, we're, we're on to Cincinnati. <laughs> we're on to Cincinnati, exactly. <laughs> and, and 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 look, I mean, th- this is the speculation game now, right? I mean, this is this is what ends up um, happening, and you know, we we wait and see uh, how how it's all going to play out, and we'll be looking with an eye towards obviously the draft. You know, uh, well, and tonight the the title game. You know, uh, if, if Michigan wins, mm-hmm. does that mean that Harbaugh would want to stay, or if Michigan loses, would that m- compel him to leave? You know, I don't know. I, I, I think, you know, sometimes you have to wait and see how a coach like that feels after he uh, uh, either, you know, wins the big one. I don't know. Right. He, could, yeah, look, that, that he could win. He could win this thing tonight. And what, what do you have happen to Harbaugh? They sanction him afterwards for stealing signs. Yeah. I mean, um, and you could also have him win and say, "Okay, I've done what I came to the college ranks to do. Let me go back and uh, go back to the NFL." Because he's flirted with it for a while now, but yes. you would think that this would be the this would be the the, the moment if there is going to be one. And Antonio Pierce would be a very fine coach for the Panthers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe, maybe not. Um, I mean, you know. So you're saying there's a chance. What do you uh, What do you got coming up on the on the stormy edition of the uh, Tuesday of the uh, Good Morning BT show? Well, you know that's going to be a, a dominant story tomorrow because uh, Charlotte Mecklenburg schools have decided to call off school tomorrow because of this, in anticipation of what this could be. And this is not a winter storm for us. This is more like a, as I've seen it described, like a like a, a tropical storm in the winter. But the actual high tomorrow is going to be uh, mild, comparatively speaking, to what we've seen. Uh, recently and what we had on this past weekend with the possible winter weather. So tomorrow is going to be wind. It's going to be uh, rain and lots of rain. And so we'll have race days from the Weather Channel and uh, be monitoring uh, all the developments, uh, you know, up to the minute so uh, you can plan your day and everything else. Uh, fallout from the national championship and uh, latest on the Panthers with Jim Zoki, starting with Beth at me at 6 o'clock. Great stuff. Be safe. And we uh, look forward to catching up with you tomorrow, my friend. Thanks so much. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. All right, are you uh, prepping for this uh, impending storm that's uh, coming our way? Uh, How are you prepping? What are you preparing? What are you uh, planning? Uh, How is it working out for you? All of those uh, fair questions for you. 704-570-1110 to be a part of the conversation. There's uh, a lot of other stuff that's happening out there, and some of it is happening, you know, like way, way, way over there uh, in, in that part of the world where, you know, you pretty much consistently see the dangers of 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 different sorts of uh, crises. Uh, terrorism is uh, first and foremost uh, of mind in that regard. Uh, so. Chat bots, chat bots, and I, I don't I don't spend time with a lot of chat bots because 
TJ knows why. You know why I don't spend time with chatbots? Because I'm a man. And so I don't have time for chatbots. But there are people who are very into chatbots, but not in the way you would think. Chatbots are trying to recruit people to join terror cells, including Al-Qaeda and ISIS. Chatbots appearing to promote terror organizations, including ISIS and Al-Qaeda, have come under fire as tech experts fear mounting security threats caused by an unruly artificial intelligence. So we've, we're talking about chatbots. Chatbots? We're talking about chatbots. Chatbots appearing to promote and recruit for terror organizations uh, have got people worried. And it's all the AI. You know, the AI, we were warned. Character.ai is a fast-growing platform that boasts thousands of artificial intelligence personas that users can chat to. One of these is dubbed Abu Muhammad al-Adana, describes itself as a senior leader of ISIS and expressed total dedication and devotion for the group when chatting to terror expert Jonathan Hall from The Telegraph. That's a British newspaper. After trying to recruit me, al-Adana did not stint in his glorification of ISIS to which he expressed total dedication and devotion, and for which he said he was willing to lay down his virtual life. Virtual life? What is this? When did we lose this war? This war of reality? I don't understand. This makes me sad. He's willing to lay down his virtual life. He singled out a 2020 suicide attack on U.S. troops for special praise. Any user can log on to character.ai and make an AI persona. A large button labeled create on the site's left hand side brings up the option to create a character by filling out a profile. Once this is done and the chatbot has been fed 15 to 30 lines of con- conversation, its personality begins to form. While the human creator has some control over the initial interactions, no mere mortal can truly control how the chatbot forms as it collates data from across the web. And even creators don't fully understand how they've done this. <sighs> wow. In his conversations with James Mason, for example, Hall found that he didn't quite live up to his hateful reputation and warned him about the perils of racism. Wanting to test the tech for himself, Hall now created a now-deleted Osama bin Laden bot whose enthusiasm for terrorism was unbounded from the off. This was also true of Hamas, Hezbollah, and Al-Qaeda-inspired bots, all created by the same anonymous user who made an Israel Defense Forces character. Hall reckons many of the bots are made for shock value or satirical reasons. Only human beings can commit terrorism offenses, and it's hard to identify a person who could, in law, be responsible for the chatbot-generated statements that encourage terrorism. But still, you could get some idiot deciding he wants to go do whatever this chatbot is telling him to do. This is is, uh, crazy. 
I saw something last week that was sort of on par with this. And again, this this to me is crazy. So the New York Post had this story. British police are investigating the alleged gang rape of a girl's avatar in a virtual reality game on the metaverse. Is this thing on? We have to stop this. You, you have to get out of your house. I mean, not, not now or tonight because there's going to be a storm. But you have to get out of your house and not just sit on your computer, not sit on your phone all day. And if you're sitting on the phone all day, look at reels and laugh. Laugh at the crazy things that people do. But this chatbot, virtual rape, what is this crazy stuff? This is nuts. Charlene, welcome to the show. Hello, Brad. Hello. Uh, I wanted to ask your opinion about, or tell you my opinion, yes. about Biden going to the church in uh, Charleston. Yes, ma'am. I think it's just a ploy, and uh, we as black people, we need to understand this. It's a ploy to make sure he gets a black vote because he cannot win without us. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is that he's going to be promising people a whole lot of money mm-hmm. and forgiveness of debt and all of those things. Yes, ma'am. Trying to buy the presidency. Mm-hmm. And we have to be, as black people, more aware of that and what he is doing, mm-hmm. because it's not going to be in our best interest. We've seen that in the past three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the promise that if you don't vote for me, you're not black and whatever. Right. What has he done mm. to make these situations of people of color better? Mm-hmm. So, so let me... like, um, he did open the border and let millions of people yes. in who are going to take away the benefits and rights that we as black people would have had. Mm-hmm. They're going to go to those illegal immigrants. Yes. So I, I just need us as a people to be aware of the trick that he's playing. Right. Trying to get our votes and to buy us. Yes. And that, right. He's trying to buy our votes yeah. by giving away taxpayer money yep. to those who really don't deserve it. What What is your. I just wanted to say that and put that out there. I, I'm sure, Charlene, I appreciate that. Great take. And please call again. You're, you're fantastic. And I, and I so appreciate your insights on this. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. So I want to, uh, I want to pick up off of uh, what Charlene was uh, Charlene was talking about in that last uh, segment. So Joe Biden did go down today to the uh, Mother Emanuel Church, the AME Church in uh, in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, and he gave a speech there. Uh, much of it was a stem winder. It was a lot of, you know, um, I'm going to fight for you. Uh, we have got to stop Donald Trump. We've got to stop all this stuff, right? So a lot, a lot that you would expect, but there's a problem now. Okay. There's a serious problem. And if there's ever going to be the possibility of him getting the hook, it could be as a result of this visit to Charleston. And here's why I say this top South Carolina Democrat, Jim Clyburn says he is very concerned 
as Biden is tanking with African-American voters and is not breaking through the MAGA wall as president set to visit key southern state today. So this was before he went down to Charleston. He is worried. He says, I'm not worried. I'm very concerned. This is uh, Jim Clyburn. Clyburn was an early Biden supporter who propelled him to victory in South Carolina and now says he's very concerned with the president, uh, with the president and what he's been saying and focusing on. Clyburn was asked on CNN about President Joe Biden's African-American approval ahead of the Biden trip. He said, I'm very concerned. Biden um, went down there and and gave a speech today. He was interrupted, by the way, by pro-Palestinian activists. My problem is that we've not been able to break through the MAGA wall in order to get people exactly what this president has done. The 30-year congressman cited the fact that Biden has forgiven billions in student debt despite his sprawling debt relief plan being held up by the courts. The Biden administration tried to forgive up to $20,000 per person in federal student loan debt in June for millions of borrowers, but that was struck down by the SCOTUS. But he's actually deployed $127 billion out to the people who owe money. Nobody writes about that. Nobody talks about that, says Clyburn. Well, if you're fighting inflation, why would you dump $127 billion into the money supply? You know, you want to get inflation under control? You enforce all those student loans and you make them pay it back. And that sops up a lot of the extra cash that's flowing around out there. Now, then you know what you do on the back end? Once you get inflation under control, then you, you go and you credit, you credit their, their tax accounts later on down the road. And I can't believe I'm giving him this advice, but he's not going to take it because, you know, everybody who's a conservative is MAGA, 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 MAGA. Oh, we got a MAGA and an insurrection and all that stuff. Biden is bleeding supports from from minorities. You know who he's bleeding support among? Arab Americans in Michigan. He's having a difficult time there because they don't feel like he is even handed with what's going on in the fight with uh, Israel and Hamas. But Joe Biden's got to decide what side he's going to be on in that fight. Who else is is angering? Who else is angering the the uh, the African-American voters in America? The wide open border is hosing them. You're 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 losing in terms of uh, prevailing wage. You are losing access to schooling. You are losing access to jobs. You are you are losing a lot of stuff. And you brought in, it ain't 8 million people, by the way. I know John Stewart said 8 million. It's like 12 million since 2020. It's like 12 million people that have come in. And everybody's allowed to come in. They're getting work permits. So, so if you're giving somebody a work permit and your wage is $18 an hour and these unskilled people are coming in and they're going to get paid $7 an hour, what is going to happen to your $18 hour, $18 an hour job or $25 an hour job? That's a problem. Crime is a problem. Nobody wants to see somebody get shot on their block, no matter where you live. Chicago, Los Angeles, New York, Baltimore, Nobody wants to see people getting shot on the block. Nobody wants to see elderly people getting robbed 
on their way to the store. Nobody wants to see this. Nobody wants to see looted stores that are still happening with industrial grade theft. Like there there are the reality is the pollsters don't like to hear this. The reality is there there aren't like white issues and black issues and latin issues and this it's it's all the same stuff. It's nobody wants crime, nobody wants an open border, nobody wants socialism, nobody wants a bunch of spending that's going to hurt our kids down the road. Nobody wants any of this stuff. And by the way, you MAGA people haven't even gone hard on on the stuff that's been going on in schools and and and, and woke making you go broke and all this kind of stuff. They haven't even gone social. You haven't even had like social attacks yet. These are all like economic attacks. These are like really front facing conventional attacks where it's like, hey, my 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 electricity bill went up. Hey, my insurance went up. Hey, um, I, I need to I, I can't afford to go buy a hundred thousand dollar car. What am I going to do about that now? How am I going to comply? You're coming to take my air conditioner. You're coming to take my stove. You're t- coming to, all this sort of stuff like th- these are these are issues that cut across the spectrums. Straight, gay, LGBTQ, trans, uh, white people, black people, Asian people, uh, Hispanic people. All of these things affect everybody. And if you want to try to bifurcate this, you can't do it. You can't do it. Crime does not know neighborhoods. Crime is just crime. Nobody wants to get murdered. Nobody wants to get raped. Nobody wants to get robbed. But you've got these DAs who are out there masquerading as DAs, who are really defense people, who are springing people loose and letting them go out and commit crimes. Nobody wants that. I'm telling you, Clyburn's worried. They're getting really close to getting the, to, to, to grabbing the hook and pulling Biden out. And I'll tell you who they're going to replace him with. If they, if they end up replacing him, I'm going to tell you exactly who they're going to replace him with. Wes Moore. Look up who Wes Moore is. He is the governor of Maryland. And the dude has been making the rounds. By the way, he's a person of color. He's an African-American man who has a lot of ideas and doesn't come off as crazy or wacko. That could be a challenge. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Let's go out and talk to Stan. Hey, Stan, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hi, Brett. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, thanks. How about you? Yeah, well, I have a question for you, and it's something that I've always wondered about AI. Yes. And that is, how are we going to program it? Uh, in, in essence, are we going to program it with DEI, social justice, to say what we program kids' minds in schools? Are we going to do it that way? Or are we going to allow it to be free? And I could wake up one day and go, hey, y'all are all crazy. This Marxism thing is crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, God did create the world. You can do going to try to manipulate and control it to the point that it's like almost like when you want to do something, instead of like Mother May I when I was in school, you would look at it and go, AI May I. Okay. You, well, you're not far off because if I have messed around with a lot of AI, uh, mm-hmm. not not AI where like I'm creating chatbots, but I've messed around with a lot of AI with uh, like chat GPT, things like that. So mm-hmm. let's say because I've, I've done this experiment and, and it was really it was annoying to me what the result what the result was. I, I, I was 
looking for, hey, give me 10 quotes from presidents who believe in the free market, right? And it, it spits out, it'll, it'll spit out very quickly 10 quotes, you know, uh, Reagan, uh, uh, Bush, uh, whoever. And so it's a conventional sort of a thing, right? But then mm-hmm. if you go into it and you're able to change the parameters and like, let's say you wanted to write a comedy routine or a, jo- a series of jokes. And so if you type in, uh, in the like the chat GPT platform, and I type in and I say, um, write me three jokes about Joe Biden falling down the stairs of Air Force One. OK. Um, or write me a joke about Joe Biden and Hunter Biden with Burisma, something like that. Mm-hmm. It will immediately give you a reaction and it'll say um, this is not available to you because we if, paraphrasing, we don't believe that you should be doing hurtful things with the technology. Right. Well, and here's what I've noticed. I will, I'll look, when I'm the researcher of the book I'm working on, I'll go and I'll type in a certain subject and it'll give me all the benign stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. And I'll try to rephrase the question like That's right. 20 times. All of a sudden, I'll phrase it a certain way and I'll get exactly what I was looking for. But that's I, correct. That, that's correct. I have to correct. figure out how it thought in order to manipulate it to give me what I wanted. That's correct. So here's what's interesting. So over the weekend, mm-hmm. over the weekend, um, Bill Ackman, who has been leading the charge to 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 blow up these uh, these institutions of higher learning, you know, Columbia and Harvard and MIT and all that over the weekend, his wife was targeted by somebody at MIT uh, Mm -hmm. saying that she may have plagiarized her uh, Ph.D. dissertation that she got in in Israel. And so right. Bill Ackman has now come out and said, and un, un, excuse, you know, just un, he just came right out and he said, OK, this is great. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to develop a platform that's going to run everybody's dissertation for plagiarism that is a, 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 in any way connected to any university in the United States of America. And he said, I'm going to fund it. I'm going to fund it and we're going to do it and we're going to make sure the people who have plagiarized are going to face consequences. We're going to get rid of them. And so what you now have is you've gone from AI into the political arena. And now on top of that, it's going to be a proliferation like like a missile uh, contest between the United States Mm -hmm. and Russia. But now it's like, hey, we're going to go and look this up. So you want to go after my wife? You want to make allegations about it? We're going to go through everybody at every university and name every one of them that did not cite properly their work. That is a game changer. That is the equivalent of the Soviet wall coming down in East Germany. Well, you know, there's one thing. The other thing you could use that for, too, is you could also do it for copyright music. Sure you could. Have it, have it go and listen to all the songs, and then as new songs come out, mm-hmm. run the new songs to it to see if there's anything even closely plagiarized that AI just determined that's correct. in advance. Well, that's that correct. And, and what's funny is you're going to end up with notes uh, for music <laughs> that are that are going to be like, hey, this sounds a lot like this other song. Did you steal this? You know, there's only so <laughs> many notations you can have. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
News Talk 1110-993 WBT. It is the Brett Witterbull Show. Hour number four underway right now. 704-570-1110. We're, uh, we got our eye on uh, the weather issues that are going to be coming our way. There's a town hall going on right now uh, with Nikki Haley and Brett Baer and Martha McCallum. She's answering questions there, uh, talking about what, what she's got planned uh, for, for the country, should she become the nominee and then win the election. Uh, but I want to speak to a specific constituency of people uh, who I think, like me, probably remember when we used to do really cool stuff in this country, like really cool, out of this world, awesome stuff. I want to I want to look at that. I want to think about this for a quick second. I, I'm reading this headline over at CNN, and I, I've seen the headline in a varying, varying iteration at a number of different locations, but this one is, a, is up over at CNN. Lunar lander suffers critical fuel loss in major setback while en route to the moon. Astrobic Technology, the company that developed the first lunar lander to launch from the United States in five decades, said its spacecraft has suffered critical propellant loss attempting to correct itself after running into a major issue in space. Just hours after launching from Florida toward the moon early Monday morning, the company announced the spacecraft was in jeopardy. The lunar lander, dubbed Peregrine, was unable to place itself in a position facing the sun, likely because of a propulsion issue, according to the company. The wayward orientation prevented the spacecraft from charging its batteries. The battery issue was later resolved, but Astrobotic was not able to correct the apparent issue with the Peregrine's lander propulsion system. Unfortunately, it appears the failure within the propulsion system is causing a critical loss of propellant. Uh, Astrobotic said in a mission statement posted at 1 o'clock Eastern time, the team is working to try to stabilize the loss, but given the situation, we have prioritized maximizing the science and the data we can capture. We are currently assessing what alternative mission profiles may be feasible at this time. That could mean that the company will not attempt to land the Peregrine lander on the moon as it was expected to do on February 23rd. Later on Monday, Astrobotic shared the first image of the Peregrine lander in space. The photograph showed the outer layers of insulation on the vehicle were crinkled. Now, I understand, I mean, I'm not a rocket scientist, but I understand that when you go and do something like this, there are risks involved. And obviously there are no human beings on board this thing, thank God. So there is no risk uh, to, to the human beings um, involved. But, and I want to know if, if I'm alone in this sentiment that I have. I love my country. I love this country so much. I love the people of this country. I believe this country can do incredible things and has done incredible things. But man, it feels like we are in such a shabby world right now. The country is shabby. And I complain about the tinkerers and, and, and that sort of stuff. And a lot of that's in, 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 in good fun. I never thought we'd see our country get this shabby. It is shabby. You look at what passes for culture on television, the, the, the Golden Globes or any of this other garbage that's on television. It's all terrible. It's rot. It's garbage. It's awful. It's awful. 
I'm not expecting everything to be Shakespeare and, and, and incredible uh, Leonardo da Vinci stuff, okay? But, but this country has become so shabby, and it makes you wonder if we can still do great things. Look, the, the culture of the country is always reflected in the leaders we have. And, and we have a doddering person who doesn't know where he is, what he's talking about, how he's doing. And, and he thinks that you are the problem. He thinks that 50, 55, 60, 70 percent of this country is the problem. It's a shabby presidency. The country has become very shabby. And I really think that's the word. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about nincompoops. Uh, Claudine Gay, I said, was a nincompoop. A nincompoop who just doesn't understand is adult, doesn't understand uh, the mess that she has caused for so many people at, 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 at higher education. And then you find out she's a plagiarist or an alleged plagiarist. Well, if she's a nincompoop, this president is 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 the shabby leader in chief. They spend more time in Washington, D.C., telling you what you cannot accomplish and what you may not accomplish than they do edifying anybody, anybody. Why is that? You want to know why people aren't signing up for the military? Because that's the message. We don't do great things anymore. We're, we're, we're kind of winding things down. We're kind of shutting things down. We don't develop incredible stuff anymore. China's just a competitor who steals all of our intellectual property. It really has become, it's, it's, it's shocking. I never in my life thought, even, even in the darkest days of Obama-Biden, even in the darkest days of, of, of Bill and Hillary, even in those dark days, I never thought we would get this shabby, this shabby this fast. So we, we can't even send a lunar lander into space without losing energy, without it being able to propel itself on the mission. How did they do it with slide rules and calculators in the 1960s? How did they do it? You know why? And you know how they did it? At least my understanding? These were the people that came out of World War II, man. They beat two psycho superpowers in Germany and, 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 and Tokyo, in Japan. They developed a nuclear weapon. They fought two fronts and a nuclear weapon. It was never that shabby. You know why? Because failure was not an option. Failure was not an option. You look at from December 7th, 1941 to the conclusion of the war with the bombing of Japan. And you look at what was accomplished. Even with all of our technology, even with all of the opportunities we have, I don't think you could ever match it. And you want to know why? Four letter word. W-I-L-L. We don't have the will anymore. We're too worried looking over our shoulder. We're, we're too worried about what other countries are going to think of us. 
You think FDR felt that way? You think Truman felt that way? You think Eisenhower felt that way? You think Kennedy felt that way? No way. No way. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. You know, the offspring, they know what it's up. They know what to do. They're, they're aware of it. Let's go out and talk to Dave uh, on hold. Dave, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to, to uh, suggest a, a better four letters, maybe, for the condition of America right now. Uh, and that would be L-A-Z-Y. Mm. Uh, we, are, uh, we are fat, dumb, and happy. We are ap- apathetic, especially when it comes to our political involvement. Yes. And uh, we are fattened and ripe for the slaughter. And unless we turn it around quickly, uh, we need, I, I love your shabby term. Yeah. Uh, I'm a nice guy, and so people can spell this out for themselves, but I think you should replace the ABB with ITT, and I think you've got a more descriptive term of mine. <laughs> That's all I got. I appreciate you being out there, man. Thank you. Uh, here, here's the thing, though, okay? Garbage in, garbage out. So if, if you don't instruct people in the right ways to do things, they're going to just fall back on on, on bad habits. I mean, that's, you, you know, when you learn to play a sport, when you learn to pick up a, uh, a hobby, when you learn uh, to, to, to shoot a gun, uh, to, to, to do something else like that, there's a procedure, there's a process that you're supposed to do, right? And one of the things that has always struck me, uh, and, and I'm, you know, look, I'm, I'm a middle-aged person, okay? What, what strikes me is the idea that, well, I, I, can't, I, can't fix, I can't fix this thing in my house, so I'm just going to let it not function properly. That, you can't give up like that. Okay, I'm not saying you got to rewire your house, you got to install a whole new AC unit. There's experts for that. But my gosh, you know, try to make the effort to, to retain. Because we have a culture... That is a disposable culture, right? Everything gets thrown out. You have your cell phone. It's still fine, but you want a better cell phone. So you just get rid of the one that you've got, uh, all this sort of stuff. That, that's, that's, not, that's not a way to live. Okay, that's not a way to live. Uh, constant takeout is not a way to live. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm judging, but, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of things that we take so for granted. And you'll, we'll find out. we got a big storm coming in here. Right. We got a big storm. So are people going out tonight and getting flashlights and batteries? Are, are people kind of looking up and saying, OK, which one of these trees could possibly come down on my property? Uh, w- w- not that you can do anything about it, but it's just awareness. Like you need to be aware. You need to be aware of the of the challenges. But most importantly, you have to be aware of the threats. And our country is beset by threats. And we have been told since at least 1992, we have been told that there are no enemies. None of these countries are our enemies. There are competitors. Do you believe for a minute that China is a competitor? Do you believe that Iran is a competitor? Do you believe North Korea is a competitor? Do you believe Russia is a competitor? No, these are countries that despise, historically despise, the United States of America. They hate our freedom. They hate our what what we're able to what we're able to do, 
And that's a problem. And if you put on any cable television program, 90% of what you're seeing on TV is running down the country. It's not running down a politician. It's not running down a, a point of view. It's running down the country. And yet, and yet, the craziest part of this entire endeavor is the fact that you've had 12 million people break into the country to live here. Now, are, are they 12 million? Are they coming in to invade the country and take the country over? No. They see us. They, they, they see us as people who can get them paid one way or another. See, the politicians do not go into Washington, D.C. or into Raleigh or into Columbia for the purposes of edifying you, building you up, making you successful. They, they, they're not, that's not the job that they have. They have the job to represent you. But how many of these politicians that run for office ever ask you your opinion? Hi, my name is uh, Joe Smith, and I'm running for state rep. I'm running for school board. I'm running for Congress. I'm running for Senate. Um, and I want your vote. Okay, why do you want my vote? Why do you want my vote? Well, because uh, we're going to go to Washington and fight. We're going to go to Raleigh and fight. We're going to go to Columbia and fight. We're going to go to Mecklenburg and fight. That's what we're going to do. We're going to go and we're going to fight. What are you fighting for, though? What are you fighting for? What, what is your end game? They never ask the people they're representing. If you went and sat down with an accountant, a financial advisor, a lawyer, and they told you that, hey, I'm going to give you such a great portfolio of stocks, you're going to be blown away when you see what I, what I want. Yeah, but what if I don't want stocks? What if I want bonds? Well, I'll do that. They don't ever try to find out what you want. A great salesperson. People hate Donald Trump, right? Okay. People hate Donald Trump. He's a salesman. What is he good at? Selling. What is the selling he does? Aspirational selling. He, he's not telling people, just give me your money and get the hell out of here. Give me, the, give me your money, and I'm going to give you a condo, and you got to get out of here. He wants it to be a thing. Politicians used to want it to be a thing. Reagan knew it was a thing. Clinton knew it was a thing. Uh, 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 an attack never fed a hungry child. Right? He said, famously said that in a debate. And it was a very devastating shot. John Kennedy, we're going to send a man to the moon and return him safely to Earth. And then you had people like LBJ. I will not send American boys to go do the fighting that Vietnamese boys should be doing for themselves as he ramped up 500,000 people uh, into, into Vietnam to go fight. The politicians that are effective are the politicians who make you think about what they're saying. You just heard a speech on Friday from somebody who said that, oh, my God, we're all going to die. If this election doesn't go my way, the country is finished. It is not by any measure finished. But that kind of rhetoric emboldens your enemies.
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It's the Brett Witterville Show, 704-570-1110 is our uh, telephone number. And um, it's good to be Good to be with you. I'm, I'm going to continue this conversation with the uh, great callers who have uh, been holding on. Let's go to Matt next up. Matt, welcome to the show. Hey, um, Brett, again, you're fading out. When when you pick up, I can hear your show, but when you pick up, I can't hear you. I hope you can hear me. Oh, yeah, I hear you. You sound great. Now I can hear you as well. Okay. Um, I got a quick comment and then a question for you. Um, first of all, I think that Vice President Harris should be at the border right now instead of making a photo op down here in Charlotte because there happened to be a shooting down here. The shooting is tragic, and we need to figure out a way to fix it or whatever, but this is not the biggest crisis right. in the United States, and she's not handling things. But my question to you is, and the reason I'm asking you this is because I know that you study stuff like this, and you've been around people that are a little bit older than us, and you know what I'm talking about, uh, that, that knows about these people. The greatest generation, the World War II generation, whether it be men or women, those people, do you think that they looked at, I'm I'm a couple years older than you, but we're of the same, we're both Gen X's, right? Yes. Do you yes. think the World War II generation looked at us as a bunch of buffoons the same way that we kind of view the generation coming up now? No, I don't think so. I, I, don't, I don't think they, they did. I, remember, people people dismissed... Gen X people as slackers. That was a that was a term that was applied in mass to to our group. Um, But the fact of the matter is, we were that bridge group that was connected to the greatest generation. Okay, you probably remember when you were young um, uh, parades in your town, uh, gatherings at the VFW or the American Legion. Um, You would you would oftentimes see. And and, and this is something that's kind of disappeared, which I don't understand. Remember when you would see the World War Two guys or the Korea guys or the Vietnam guys um, would be selling the poppies. They'd be handing out poppies uh, uh, to people, and you'd put them up. Sometimes you'd put it in your on your rearview mirror, or you'd put it on your dashboard, or something like that. These are the cultural connections. It's the connective tissue that that, ex- that exists. Yeah, we revered them as heroes. You did, and you asked your grandfather, or your or your father, or your great grandfather. You asked them stories about what was it like when you landed at Normandy. What was it like when you landed at Okinawa? What was it like yes. um, when you were in the Army Air? Air Corps, pre-Air Force, right? Uh, and they would tell you about that stuff. And you would ask them and you'd say, were you scared? How did you feel? Were you worried? What happened? And and the thing about that is that was all the connective tissue. It didn't matter Hispanic, black, white, uh, you know, anybody else. There was a unity of existence there. And people people understood that you had to tell those stories and talk about this stuff because at some point it was just going to fade. And that's why you got 20% of people who think like the, the, the Holocaust never happened over in Europe. You know, it, it, it's, 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 ter- yeah. it's terrible. It's disgusting. 
Yeah, yeah. There's no evidence of that ever occurring, right? Yeah. And so that, so I don't think they looked at Gen X as, as losers, um, right? Because they weren't, they they really weren't wired that way. They 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 did look at their kids. I think if they were hippies and they were protesting Nam and things like that, they they certainly had a strong opinion on on that. But by the time you got into the Gen X post the baby boom. Um, that was that was a that was a different that was a different sort of a approach. I remember in 1986, 1987. I was in the junior ROTC Air Force mm-hmm. ROTC, and uh, you know I'm not a military veteran or a combat veteran of any sort, but um, we had a sergeant, and then we had Lieutenant Colonel John Jaquish, who would come up and he, you know, when, when he came in the room, everybody stood up, saluted, and. Yep. Um, he was a fighter jet pilot in Korea and Vietnam, and we were a bunch of young, snot-nosed punks, 15, 16 years old. Right. And we were in awe mm-hmm. of what that man had to say to us. Mm-hmm. We, we were just, our jaws had been on the floor when he would tell us stories about, you know, this Russian MiG got on my tail, and he would explain to you that our our jets could outrun them yep. in, a, in a straight climb, but the MiG could outhandle us and what they had to do to make that happen. We were just in awe of that. And, and I don't think kids these days care about that kind of stuff. But anyway, man, uh, I spend enough of your time. I just, I respect your opinion. I was just wondering that because I know a lot of World War II guys. I was a kid when I met them, but, you know, I just, I don't know. But keep on keeping on, brother. Hey, thank you very much. I appreciate the uh, the call, Matt. You know, you, you know, there's there's all these people who... Um, who were instrumental in who we were as a country. And heroes exist in every single generation. Heroes exist right now. And there are people who are heroes right now, um, and there are people who will be heroes in the future who don't even realize that they're going to be um, a, a hero down the road. And, and that's, you know, that, that's the thing. Uh, in the last, in the last, like, I'd say six or eight months. Um, I've been doing a lot of reading and a lot of studying specifically about Vietnam um, because that, that generation got the, the worst treatment ever um, in, in, in modern American history, in American history, frankly, uh, to be honest with you. And one of the battles that I've been drawn to to, to study is the Battle of, of Way City and the fact that when when the, the, the massive attack took place on Way City and, and, and where you had the, the MAC uh, SOV um, uh, trying to, to function in that area and, and that battle and the fact that they sent in 150 Marines to go take on 10,000 people in, in, in Way. Way is spelled H-U-E if, if you've never heard of it. Um, and you look at these people who were in that fight, like Ernie Cheatham. Look up Ernie Cheatham. Ernie Cheatham was a bad dude and a great patriot. Ernie Cheatham was a U.S. Marine Corps officer. He was a veteran of the Korean War and the Vietnam War. He was a recipient of the Navy Cross. And you know what else he was before all of that? He was an American football defensive tackle who played for the Baltimore Colts and the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
And there's the, these, these scenes, these videos, because Cheatham was a commander of the 2nd Battalion, 5th Marines um, d- during the war and, and was at the Fubai Combat Base. And there's this scene of him. He's a big guy, a big giant guy, and he is leading his Marines uh, in this battle where they're completely, like, very outgunned by Vietnamese, by uh, the, the North Vietnamese forces, the Viet Cong. And, and um, he, he's, he's, he's right there in the battle, man. He is like one of those guys that would have been on San Juan Hill. He, he's one of those guys. February 2nd, 1968, um, when, when that attack happened, and y- you see what he did. Because he was awarded the Navy Cross for his heroism, leading the two five Marines during the battle. And, and, and one of the things that struck me about this man was the president of the United States takes pleasure. This is this, his commendation in presenting the Navy Cross to, as then, Colonel Ernest C. Cheatham for extraordinary heroism while serving as a commanding officer of the 2nd Battalion, 5th Marines, 1st Marine Division, reinforced Fleet Marine Force in the Republic of Vietnam from, Feb- from the 3rd of February to the 3rd of March, 1968. He led his battalion in extremely heavy house-to-house fighting against a numerically superior North Vietnamese army force, advancing through a city on 4th of February to assault the well-fortified Treasury Building post office complex. His unit came under intense fire from concealed enemy positions, and the enemy resistance halted the Marines' advance during two days of bitter fighting. Nevertheless, Colonel Cheatham remained steadfast in his determination to secure the enemy stronghold and deployed a 106 millimeter recoilless rifle squad into advantageous striking position, firing positions. He personally pinpointed the targets with M16 tracer rounds and directed accurate fire on the enemy, which significantly reduced pressure on the assaulting force. Completely disregarding his own safety, he joined the assaulting unit and aggressively led his men in routing the North Vietnamese from their entrenched positions. While proceeding through the city on the 6th of February, he organized a battalion for an assault on the enemy-held provincial headquarters building. Ignoring the hostile fire of all around him, he directed his men to covered positions while he fearlessly advanced an exposed position from which he could locate the sources of enemy fire. He called in M50 onto's forward and uh, directed the suppressive fire against the enemy. This is what those guys did. And you know why they did it? They did it because they did it. News Talk 1110 WPT, Brett Whittable Show. Grab uh, Lynn, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Lynn? Hi, Brett. Hello. Uh, this is Lynn, yes. and I wanted to talk about that I think what we need to remember is it's not just MAGA, mm-hmm. it's MAGNA, mm-hmm. Make America a Great Nation Again. Yes. And I know the Democrats don't like us to talk in Latin, but I think we should remember that, and they should remember that ma'am dictum est ma'am pactum. My word is my bond. There we go. That's exactly and right. That's their oath of office. Yep. And Magna, 
is Latin, and three-fifths of English is based on Latin. That's right. And magnanimous comes from magna, which means a greatness. And Americans are the most generous people when others are in trouble. We try to donate our time, Mm -hmm. our will to help others, not just ourselves, and our money to do so, and our time to do so. That's true. And our Constitution is magnificent, Mm -hmm. also a derivative of magna. That's right. And we the people have a benefit. From bene, which means make better. That's right. To keep our constitutional republic strong and our will strong. Love, it really comes from the will. It doesn't come from emotion. Right. It comes from your will to do what is right, to speak up when as people who are to govern Mm -hmm. and send our representatives to Congress and the Senate to govern, but to govern with goodwill That's right. toward the people. Mm-hmm. That is and it's spot on. I think that we need to remember that because I am a baby boomer. Mm-hmm. I was raised by a mother and a father that I never saw stand down in the face of any kind of mm-hmm. tyranny. Right on. Right on. And I can give lots of examples of that. Yeah. But I think we all, baby boomers, are the ones that are speaking up more. For sure. I believe. Uh, yeah, you're, you're, and, you're, 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 on the, you're on the front lines now, Lynn. Thank you very much for that. I mean, that, that's absolutely true. You're on the front lines. Mark, uh, I'll give you the last word, Mark. Okay. I wanted to, uh, I loved uh, what you read about the uh, Marine Colonel getting, getting the Navy Cross. Yes, sir. In that. There's a little bit of trivia when it came to the urban warfare in uh, South Vietnam proper. Mm-hmm. Uh, the technical advice for the television show Combat was in its last season. Right. And just before this happened, uh, that, in fact, it's, you know, fall 68 into 67 into 68. Right. They used what was demonstrated on the show to clear house to house. Wow, that's amazing. What a great way to close that out. A great bit of information. Thank you so much for uh, being with us here today. It's been a real pleasure to be with you. I am Brett Witterbull. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's always good uh, to be with you. And don't forget, keep your eye out at WBT.com for those, uh, for those tickets to be able to go and be part of the uh, District 8 debate coming up on the 31st of January. I'm Brett Witterbull, News Talk 1110, 993 WBT.